Be sure to join us for Grow in Grace. God is looking for us to believe in Him. He wants you and me to believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to earth and died on a cross for my sins and yours. It is not, salvation is not by good things that we do. You can't be good enough to earn heaven. No one has ever been good enough to get to heaven that way. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place got to dwell with man. Sick be healed, and the crippled stand singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said, let this world know me by your love. Do things seem to be spinning out of control around you? and you're left troubled and worried. Maybe you've lost your job or your marriage is falling apart. Others may have health concerns. Whatever it is, Jesus has just what you need to hear, and you'll find it in John 14. So great to be with you today. This is Grow in Grace, and I think you're going to find this study really encouraging as Pastor Ed Ray speaks on the subject of peace. We're in the upper room learning how to live in peace in spite of the circumstances. Jesus is speaking. He said, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father, talking about Father God, of course, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe for the sake of the works themselves miracles. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it either sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will see, live also. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me loves by my Father, and I love him, and he manifests himself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, this is Thaddeus, actually, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us but not the world? Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, then my Father will love him, and he will come to him, and we will make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, never let it be afraid. You have heard me say I'm going away and coming to you. If you love me and would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before I come that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the rule of the world is coming, and it has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Rise and let us go from here. Not you, just the disciples in the story. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We ask that you'd come and teach us now that we might grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This section, Jesus talks about peace, a lot about peace as a matter of fact. The opposite of peace is fear. I was thinking a lot about the Christmas story and the angels who brought the message to the people, the humans. And they all start with the statement, fear not or do not be afraid. Gabriel, the angel that got sent first to Zechariah, the first really announcement about Christmas. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist, and in Luke 1.13, the angel said, do not be afraid, your prayer has been heard. Then God sent Gabriel from there over to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and said, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. That's Luke 1.30. Now, we're not told the name of the angel that speaks to the shepherds in the field, but that angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, Luke 2.10. So, the first Christmas announcement is actually a command to not be afraid. I wonder, if it is because the angels are so scary looking that they start by saying, don't be afraid. You know, 27 foot tall with 10 foot flaming swords in their hand and clothing that's glowing or something. I really don't think so. I think there's another possibility that's worth us thinking about because it fits with what we just read over in John chapter 14. I wonder if they're telling humans to not be afraid because of the message that the humans are about to hear. The message is something that's supernatural that's about ready to happen to them or around them. And the angels want them to notice that God is in control, that God is doing this. Now, something like, you are about to step into the unknown something because you don't know about it, but it's going to be good. And it will be scary because it's unknown, unfamiliar, new, unheard of to us, but not to God. God has it all planned. It's all part of his plan, and, and you've been included into it. Notice how I've changed the story from the Christmas story to your life. Because God does come to us and gives us an insight into new things that are coming into our lives. And it takes a lot of courage to step into the unknown. It takes a lot of just peace to trust God to do something that you've never done before. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, Jesus said. 
That's a very important concept. Peace is a gift from God, something that he gives to you and I, and we must decide what to do with it. Will we actually apply it to our lives and situations, or will we freak out and run around and try and control it ourselves? Now, probably not you, but I'm the biggest control freak in this room. And so I want to run. Oh, you know what? I, I think I can help you with this one, Jesus. And he's saying, please don't, Ed, don't help. Peace is a rare word in the daily news. It's a very r rare word in the newspaper or online. In fact, hear the word anxiety or fear. According to the recent USC Center for Drugs and Disease Control, antidepressants have become the most prescribed class of drugs in America. Antidepressants are prescribed more than antacids, more than high blood pressure medication, more than anti-diabetic medication. 13.2% of Americans take an antidepressant every day, and more than a third of those take more than two a day. We are a nation that's struggling with anxiety and fear. I don't know what part of that is. The instant news that we have today, you know, we're all carrying around supposedly smartphones. Maybe the phones are smarter than us. But we keep ourselves so busy and, and we're on the edge of new information all the time. And then there's this tendency to want to grab it and take care of it. So many people face a daily struggle with anxiety. I was reading about the newspaper advice columnist. Her name was Ann Landers. Those of you that are younger won't know the name, but she was a very famous counselor who did a, a newspaper in a thousand newspapers in America. Every day she had a column. And they, when they were interviewing her, she said she got 400 letters a day. And the one that was interviewing her said, well, what's the main subject that people ask you for advice in? He said, oh, hands down, what to do about anxiety? What do I need to do about my fear in my life? And she said, what was really interesting about it, most often those who wrote were afraid, even when, quote, there was no tangible grounds for the fear. There wasn't any physical evidence that anything bad was going to happen. They were just worried that it might happen. Maybe that's describing you here this morning. In 1520, the Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan battled stormy seas all the way down the eastern coast of South America. He had a, a ship that was fragile. It was a very stormy time of year, and all his crew were ex-prisoners. They let him out of prison if they would go with him and man the sails. By the time he got to the tip of South America, the storms were raging. We know now it's from the South Pole. But at that time, he only knew he was losing the mass in his ship. And he finally found a little inlet that he went in that we know today as the Straits of Magellan, the sky. And the further he sailed through this strait going west, the calmer it got. Until when he got to the outlet of that, it was a huge expanse of ocean 
And he decided to call it, because it was so calm, Pacifica, which in Portuguese means, in fact, peacefulness, tranquility. And so we lived next to tranquility in the Pacific Ocean, but we were the craziest people that run around all day long, anxious about all sorts of things. Peace is a major word in the Bible. 397 times peace appears in Scripture. All 39 books of the New Testament contain at least one verse about the need for peace. Peace is such a common word in Israel that it has become the greeting. If you go to Israel, and you need to, and you're walking down the street, someone will say shalom to you, which is peace. But they mean more than an absence of anxiety. That word to the Hebrew mindset says all the way back to the garden. May today be like a day in the garden of Eden. Isn't that interesting? You were created for the Garden of Eden. I was created for it. So when you greet someone and say shalom to them, you're saying, I pray your day is just like it was in the Garden of Eden before the mess, right? Only God can give us peace in spite of the circumstances. And he can do that for you too, friend. This is Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. And again, we're in John 14, picking up in verse 10. We're talking about peace here, going into the unknown. It breaks up into three parts, verse 10 through 15, believe, and then 16 through 24, the helper. And then the last part, where we're really trying to get, is peace. Let's jump in. Do you not believe, verse 10, that I am in the Father, Jesus speaking, I am in Father God, he said, and that Father God is in me. The words that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Now, the setting for this sermon, if you will, is the Last Supper. It's the day before Jesus is going to die, and he's trying to prepare his apostles, his disciples, which would include you and I, trying to prepare them for him no longer being on planet Earth and the shock they're going to go through when they see him die. And so he says, believe. Now, if you've been going through the book of John with us, you know that that word occurs over and over 97 times in the gospel of John. Believe. Trust in. Cling to. Have faith. Same word. God is looking for us to believe in him. He wants you and me to believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to earth and died on a cross for my sins and yours. It is not, salvation is not by good things that we do. You can't be good enough to earn heaven. No one has ever been good enough to get to heaven that way. So he brings up this belief subject, verse 11. 
Here it is again. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else at least believe for the sake of the works themselves, the miracles that I've done. If you don't believe me, the words I'm saying, believe that the miracles I did are supernatural, beyond the capacity of any man to do. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes really, again, yes. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. If you believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for you, you will do the works that he did. Now, he doesn't mean greater in power, greater works than these. He means greater in scope, that you and I together with other disciples in the world will impact more people than Jesus was able to reach by himself in Israel. So the scope of the miracles of watching people find salvation, you will experience greater than Jesus. And how so? Give me an example. Well, Peter, when he received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, he preached his first sermon, and the fisherman that always had his foot in his mouth, all of a sudden he gives this sermon where 3,000 people get saved. A couple of days later, he does it again, and 5,000 people get saved. All of a sudden, the guy that has very little education, but has spent three and a half years with Jesus, ah, he spends time with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit fills him to overflowing, and he does greater things than Jesus did. Whatever you ask, in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in me. This is an introduction to prayer. The disciples up to this point had never prayed to Jesus. They'd only prayed to Father God. But now he's going to die, be resurrected, and go to heaven. And then when they pray, they're going to pray to Jesus, a whole new thought for them. So this is their introduction to praying to the Savior. Notice verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. <laughs> Wait a minute, Pastor. I prayed for a lot of stuff that God didn't give me, and, and I even closed, I signed off with, in Jesus' name. 10-4, good buddy, over and out. Because we think that way, don't we? Well, if we just use Jesus' name. He's not Aladdin's lamp. We don't just rub it and then magical things come. Notice it says, in my name. A name in the Old Testament and the New Testament describe the person's character, their nature. Whatever I ask that is in harmony with Jesus' nature, his personality, and his character, that Father God will answer. Well, I've always asked for a Ferrari, and I still haven't gotten one. I know, you prefer Lamborghini. We, that's okay, either one will be fine. But pastors don't drive Italian sports cars, unless it's a 57 Fiat. I'm sorry if you have a Fiat. <laughs> I don't have anything against Fiat. It's just an Italian sports car. God doesn't give us our greeds. He gives us our needs. Exactly right. 
But he's saying you need to ask for things according to my character and you will receive it. I wish my fill-in-the-blank spouse, husband, wife, daughter, son, grandparents would be saved, Lord. You keep praying that and God will answer. And I can say that with great confidence. I was a 27-year-old atheistic scientist, didn't believe in God at all. But I married this girl who started praying for me and just ruined all my plans. She trapped me like a rat. She was praying for me and then I asked her, what do you want for your birthday? And she said, I want you to go to church. And I laughed. <laughs> no, what do you really want? She said, I'm dead serious. I want you to go to church with me on my birthday. And I thought, I can stand that test, okay? I went to church every Sunday. I didn't have any choice. I had a gun to my head. But, you know, all the way through, about 13 years old, eight years of parochial school. But I sat in that service, and the pastor said, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, raise your hand. I thought, I don't know Jesus. But if I raise my hand, they'll think that I want Jesus in my life. And I really don't because I'm such a selfish jerk. I want to control my own life. But I raised my hand. My wife is crying. You received Jesus. So wonderful. And I'm going, no, no, I just answered the question. I'm the only guy in the room that doesn't know Jesus. What? What's going on here? Then the person said, well, since you're the only one, would you come up here and let me pray for you? No. Come on. And I say to myself, well, if there is a God, I can settle this thing right here. She won't bug me anymore. If I just say, God, if you're there and real, show me in a way I can't deny it. ruh because when I got up there, God showed me he was real. And I got to finish this story so it makes sense to you. So we're walking out, and the, and the pastor says, he stops me. He says, wait, wait, wait right here. And turns around and takes a Bible and hands it to me. He said, I was in a Bible bookstore today, and God told me that there was going to be a scientist here tonight who was going to get saved and that I should buy a big print, the giant print edition, because he's going to preach someday from it trapped like a rat. I said all that in this context. If you ask anything in my name, my wife kept asking and asking and asking, and God loves her more than me. It's a joke, okay? <laughs> and answered her prayer, and he said, ah, I'm not sure I want that guy, but hey, you know, she's praying so hard. Thanks for joining us for Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. We're going through the Gospel of John together from start to finish. For a CD copy of today's message, just call 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Or you can listen online at thepackinghouse.org. You'll find an archive of past radio programs there too which comes in handy should you miss a message on the radio. Go to thepackinghouse.org and look for our radio page. Grow in Grace is made possible through the generosity of our listeners. God is doing a great work through radio, and you can be a part of it. 
And when you support us with a gift of any amount, we want to say thanks by sending you The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. This is a classic devotional that has moved the hearts of believers for well over a century. Each chapter focuses on one attitude of God, from God's infinitude to His immutability, grace and goodness. I think you'll find it to be both theologically rich and approachable. Again, we'll send you the knowledge of the holy when you give a gift in any amount to grow in grace. Just give us a call at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. And we want to hear from you. Even if you're not in a position to be able to give, whether it's a word of encouragement, a comment related to the study, a question or a prayer request, email us today at packinghouseradio at aol.com. That's packinghouseradio at aol.com. And then join us next time as together we grow in grace through a study in John's Gospel with Pastor Ed Ray. This program is presented by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands. Zion, now filled with hands And in this place gotta dwell with man Sick be healed and the crippled stand Singing hallelujah My kingdom built with the blood of my son Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love and harmony I said let this world know me by your love